0: Welcome to the family with... Ralph Basham, MD, Hackmaster. Andy Brandt-Bernard.
1: And Cassie Schrader. I'm not Catherine Brandt.
0: I, don't, I have no idea where my wife is.
1: She said she's driving right now.
0: Driving where? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she, she was she gone. gone. Driving Dri- here?
1: Driving you crazy. Driving <laughs> me <laughs> crazy as
0: usual. As usual. Get used to it, Andy. You're getting married. You have the <laughs> wife total control of your life. Because they know you can't live without them, and they take full advantage I mean, of that. Eh? Secondary gain true. on there. There's no doubt. We'll be right back. Kick things off with the family. Recently, the four Walzer dealerships in Burnsville Walzer Subaru, Walzer Honda, Walzer Nissan, and Walzer Mazda encountered a hailstorm. A justice flew in from around the U.S. to handle a claim on what will be over 2,500 new and used cars. They've drastically reduced the pricing on these vehicles, and there are some wonderful bargains available, but here's the deal. I normally hate the hurry-these-won't-last style of marketing, but in this case, it is true. It's not like they'll go into the back lot at night with hammers and make more. I also usually tell people to check them out online, but in the case of slightly damaged cars, you really do have to see them for yourselves. Stop out to or Mazda, Nissan, Honda, and Subaru just south of the Burnsville Mall on Buck Hill Road. If you really want to, you can tell them Tom sent you, but that sounds kind of dumb. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Kristen Burt. I love working with Kristen Burt. She's terrific.
3: She really is a nice
0: person. The New Yorker is out with a deep dive into the professional and personal life of Alan Dershowitz, the 80-year-old emeritus professor of Harvard Law who maintains a near-constant presence on TV as a legal analyst. In fact, his public profile has only increased since the election of Donald Trump, writes Connie Brooke. Dershowitz, a proponent of civil liberties, has made a special a speciality of defending people who do outrageous things, and Trump does outrageous things constantly," she writes. To say the piece is unflattering might be an understatement. Dershowitz himself has been warned of the hit piece for a while now. I don't understand, how can you have problems with Alan Dershowitz? He's one of the most fair people in commentary I've ever seen. He's a very smart man, I've talked to him a million times, he's really good, does a great interview. Uh, he's already rebuking it in interviews such as this one with Newsmax. That's because it deals not just with allegations against high-profile figures, but with Dershowitz himself. For example, two women in the Jeffrey Epstein scandal say Epstein's uh, coerced them into having sex with Dershowitz, but he denies even meeting them and calls them serial liars. One Virginia Roberts Giffray has sued Dershowitz for defamation. The story comes off as skeptical in regard to the evidence Dershowitz has offered to prove he could not have met Jouffre at Epstein's Manhattan residence. Some of the dates and travel records were supported uh, by only a handwritten date book entry, writes Brooke. The story also recounts how Dershowitz's female students at Harvard often felt uncomfortable as he laid out defenses for the likes of Mike Tyson and William Kennedy Smith in their rape cases, what do you mean? It made you uncomfortable? I'm sorry, but they were th- these were attacks, and some of them, William Kennedy Smith, that was a rape, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, well, I, yeah, and, and you're going to feel uncomfortable. Well, yeah, and if if you're a woman in law, and if you have to deal with rape cases, that's yeah, may be uncomfortable for absolutely. you. It's a violence that really is going to be very personal for a woman. I'm that makes uncomfortable sense. with it. Well, yeah.
1: Hillary Clinton, is it?
3: Yeah, exactly. Because
1: she she uh, represent wasn't there. Before she uh, got into politics, there was a case that she had where she was the defendant's attorney of a rape case. And she's like, he didn't do it. But there was clear evidence that he did. Yeah. You know, but she yeah. didn't seem uncomfortable well, with but it. Right.
3: That's that's the whole idea of being an attorney. You represent people to make sure certain that they get a fair trial, that the evidence is solid, that people that are not convicted unjustly. Yeah. You know, it. it it, it, for, and it's in college. And, yes, you need to know about these cases. You need to know that what's happened, why they did this, why this happened, why the result uh, came about as a result of the defense or the prosecution of these cases. You know, it, And for them to say, I'm comfortable, okay, yeah, I can see that. Okay, so mm-hmm. what? It wasn't because of the professor. It's because you're uncomfortable with this, rightly so. Yeah, I, I don't know. Look, you're
0: going to law class, and Alan Dershowitz is your professor at Harvard, and you have a problem with that? I don't know if I I can yeah. agree with that. I, I, it, seriously,
3: Alan Dershowitz is a really smart it's, guy.
1: It's just someone seeking attention,
3: yeah, the victimhood
1: of of humanity.
3: Yeah, I you I when I was in college I, I I I I was a conservative thinker, but I specifically went to see William Kunstler's lecture on his defense of the Chicago Seven, mm-hmm. and I wanted to hear this. I wanted to hear that his his, his, his His idea of civil liberties and things like—I wanted to hear those sort of things. He was a great guy, intelligent guy. You know, he did a wonderful job for these people. And Alan Dershowitz is the same way. I think he's one of the fairest, uh, fairest, brightest minds. uh, Mm -hmm. And you know, that's why he was at Harvard. You know, trying to educate people in a a sort of legitimate way.
0: On what basis do some individuals make their pronouncements? Host Joe Scarborough, during Monday's Morning Joe program on MSNBC, shared his views about President Donald Trump's chances in the November 2020 election, and he predicted that a re-election bid for the commander-in-chief is going to end very badly for him. Well, no matter who gets elected, it's going to end badly for the American people, so that's good. That's great news, isn't it? He says Trump will lose in a landslide. Uh, why? Because he is being a bigot and a racist. The fervent anti-Trumper suggests the president's behavior only appeals to a small proportion of the electorate. Yeah, okay, you Yeah, Joe. remember this four years ago when this attack didn't work? Yeah, when it didn't work, that's, a very, that's exactly why I read it. You have it. to change your tactics. It didn't work then, and it's not going to work now, and, and seriously, would you? Look, I am not a big fan of Donald Trump's. I don't hate him like some people do. He's just another politician to me, and those people cannot tell the truth. It's impossible for them to tell the truth. So I'm not trying to defend him, but these people are getting way, way over the top with their hatred. Mm-hmm. It's really skewing your position, and, and you look really disingenuous, and I I don't know. Calm down,
3: right? Calm down. So find a candidate that can beat Donald Trump. That's what you're goal yeah, is. right. Rather than putting out people who may be—well, fra- like a fringe politician. what I really hate so much? And Beto
0: did it, and Cory Booker did it, and as cuando de squico lo bico, it's like, don't try to speak Spanish if you don't speak Spanish. You ass kiss. Yeah. God, I just hate that. Arrivederci Roma. No, I'm sorry, that would be Italian, but, you know. Seriously, it looks so phony that these people do this. Don't
3: pander, please.
0: And I still love the fact when when AOC goes, women of color. (laughs) It it just drags it out when she says it. I think all these politicians are nuts. I think I do. I think they're all crazy.
3: Yep. Right and left, all crazy. Yeah,
0: right. No, you're absolutely right. It's right and left. You people are nuts. That's all I know. I mean, there are a few of the people that I like. But
3: that doesn't mean they're not nuts.
0: You know, <laughs> Pete Hegseth's a Minnesota guy. Pete I would consider an acquaintance. He's not you know, not a friend, but he's an acquaintance, and I really do like the guy. I See, I don't know why people let Tucker Carlson piss him off so much. I think he's hilarious, and he's trying to be hilarious. Why would you get mad at him? He's poking the bear. You're just falling for it. Calm down. I like Anderson Cooper. He's always been a very nice guy. You know, so it's both sides of the deal here.
3: We'll be fine. Calm down. Right? Calm down. Laugh a little bit at what they say yeah, have a and laugh. maybe accept that and you know, you know, do your best to defend your position, answer the question, move on. Yeah, that's it. Just
0: calm down. I know you're supposed to come across as I'm got a hard edge to me. <laughs> Careful. Yeah, I got this edge here. Yeah, Jesus, settle down. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ariana Grande being an even bigger a-hole than she was when she licked the donut. <laughs> Ariana Grande is facing backlash after making an ill-advised joke about a murdered six-year-old. What? Eh, that's funny. Well, I mean,
4: geez. she's a complete moron. She is a moron. Why does anyone listen to anything she has to say?
0: And that's what we should do. We should start breaking it down not by gender, not by orientation, not by skin color, by who's a moron and who isn't. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. You're a moron, and that's all I saying. I don't care what your gender is, your skin color is, your orientation. I don't know. You're an idiot. Or you're a genius. You could be a genius, too. Neil deGrasse Tyson, black guy. He's a black man. Genius. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Ariana Grande is facing backlash after making an ill-advised joke about a murdered child, as Page Six in Fox News explains. The controversy started when Grande's friend Doug Middlebrook posted a since-deleted Instagram photo of a tabloid featuring John Bonet Ramsey, who was murdered at age six, with the caption, No one has done more covers. Grande26 commented, I can't wait for this to be your Halloween look. Uh, Middlebrook replied, working on it already. Ultimately, fans called her out, leading to her uh, her tweet, yeah, no. It says, yeah, no, I deleted it very quickly and understand that it's not at all funny. This was out of pocket, and I sincerely apologize. While some were quick to accept the singer's apologies, others weren't feeling it. Girl, it was up for a whole day. You didn't delete it very quickly. Wrote one. It was up for an entire day. I deleted it very quickly. Oh, it's 24 hours? Is that quick?
3: Yeah. Mm. One news cycle.
0: Yeah, one news cycle. I don't know. I, I, whatever. You know, I just think, and I don't think there was malice in, in that at all. I just think she's a moron. Yeah. Yep.
1: No um, filter. Doesn't think before she texts or
0: texts. Who cares
4: what Ariana Grande Most has to say? <laughs> there <It laughs> is that. Matter. There is
0: that. I'll is she like any a good? donut? Can she sing? It's I have hard. No idea. I
1: think so. I mean, she does have a good voice because she was on a show. that You could hear her sing, you know, without any filters. But on most oh, of yeah. everybody's albums now, they're auto-tuned, yeah. so it's yep. hard to tell.
3: That's true. So uh, everything is auto-tuned. Through the computer and fix it.
1: Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, she doesn't have the greatest voice. I mean, she can sing, but it's not like oh my god. You know, she's in the next Aretha Franklin or anything like that, so.
0: There's never going to be a next Aretha Franklin. Speaking of licking
1: or doing weird stuff, to, what is this What's deal? <laughs>
5: no, it's licking, licking and
1: doing, doing, weird <laughs> doing weird stuff. Okay. Hey, it's a family hey, well. show, please. No, yeah, wow. Exactly.
0: What like, happened?
1: Like, there's a new trend of going around into stores and licking ice cream. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now there's a mm-hmm. new story. They have... Uh, Security footage of this woman urinating yep. on potatoes at a Walmart. Yeah, And they're trying to find her. Why would you do that? For
4: the Instagram likes. I guess. Like I said, people can't handle social media.
0: No, they
3: can't. You're right about that. So she micturated on the potatoes. Oh, micturated. She I <laughs> yeah. Micturated.
1: I mean, what what would possess you to do that? To say, I'm going to go urinate but it's on it's hard
3: po- for a woman to do that. I know. I think so, yeah. It's, it's, there, there's a certain uh, mess that comes with that, <laughs> I would guess, for, for many women. And uh yeah, I don't know, I don't that doesn't make sense. Well, well you know.
4: consider you- how many people in history have murdered or kidnapped just for the validation of their peers. That's all the Manson family did was validate yeah, that's true. people and all they had to do was say, I accept you, now go kill for me and they did.
3: And uh, what, 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 <laughs> wait a second. You're absolutely right. Andy, you're absolutely right, but it's a big leap between <laughs> that and peeing on potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a,
6: just what What's the validation? There? If
4: validation can get people to kill, then having someone pee on food is much easier to persuade someone to do.
1: Uh, I wonder yeah, if they probably. were Idaho gold ones. Oh, Idaho
0: Yukon gold. Yukon
4: gold. Yukon
1: gold. Yukon
4: gold. Or, UConn gold. UConn or gold. Idaho oh. russet. Uh, Yeah, I think
1: I'm sure she probably grabbed the five pound bag (laughs) and just set it on the floor (laughs) and then put it back up, gross. Oh, and the employee watched her do it.
0: Oh, I. The employee watched her do it and didn't stop her.
1: Apparently not. Well, they're probably taught not to. They
0: probably Probably yeah. yeah. They're probably told them if you say
3: something, then you're. (laughs) <laughs> Please don't do that.
0: So you just get Richard Pryor in there. Bitch, what's wrong with you? <laughs> get,
3: to, get, get those Richard potatoes Pryor. off the yeah, floor. Exactly.
0: It would be phenomenal. Oh, uh, God. It's just unbelievable. The whole thing is, oh, my God. Now we got Rand Paul going after Omar.
3: Uh-oh.
0: Rand Paul has been staunchly on the side of President Trump during Trump's public feud with Representative Ilhan Omar and other progressive. By the way. Apparently, uh, I didn't hear this, but somebody did announce that they may run uh, Al Franken against her. Remember, that was predicted on the show him over last her. year. i her. I don't think anybody would. She's yeah. nuts. I mean, she is just flat out oh, insane. Oh, yeah, she's
4: genuinely bad for everyone. The Democratic Party, her yeah, constituents, she's just it. bad.
0: Nothing is right about America except for the fact that she's going to take it over. This would be a defining moment in American mm-hmm. history. Settle down.
4: <laughs> or that we should be more scared of white men. So who's more? Yeah.
0: So is she, is she going for the award? Who is more self-centered? Donald Trump? The president <laughs> yeah, honest being, to or God. this is a defining moment in American history. Oh God. All of these people. Oh, my God. Now you got Trump. Al Sharpton hates white people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he kind of does. Oh, Al Sharpton hates everybody himself.
3: So he's on the list too The most self-centered people Got Al Sharpton too Put him on the list
0: That's exactly right Yeah, Al Sharpton responds to slams from Trump And of course, I haven't looked at it But I guarantee I won't look at it But I guarantee he's a racist And he's a bigot And he's a racist And he's a racist Al, why don't you pay your taxes And then you get a microphone I do not understand people Who turn to Al Sharpton for comment The man has cheated America Out of $5 million in income tax and they still listen to this pig.
3: Where's he getting his money? Uh,
0: I'd like to know that too. Where'd you even get five million dollars? No, no, no he, no. he owes
3: five million. He owes. So 5
0: million, the, tax,
3: yes. the taxes, the well, taxes are an in income of what? How much? Twenty million? Yeah, probably. No, five
1: he probably gets speaking engagements. Million. I'm sure he charges colleges and everything to go speak at them.
0: Unbelievable. So, yeah. So well, now yeah, it's all college. But I don't know how he made his money in the first place. I mean, he used to eat everything in sight, but now he's <laughs> back, and now he's the size of a pencil. He's one of those guys that has to either be really big or really small. He, his
1: head doesn't look like it fits his body no, anymore.
3: No, not anymore. Not Al either. Roker's that way too. Yeah, I like Al Roker, Roker though. Yeah, he's Al's a, a good, good guy. He is, but he did the he did the not eating so much anymore. <laughs> Pooped his pants at the White House. <laughs> Did he? Is else? Al Roker? Yeah. Oh, he
4: yeah, that, he is thin. Yeah, that like gas really oh, sure That'll do it to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah by the best, He pooped,
0: pooped hey, his pants at hey, the White House.
3: He, he gets a
0: pass on that. You know who told me that?
3: He did. <laughs>
5: <I> <laughs> on, air. Know you know,
0: well, on air. He goes, Sam, I don't even know, you know this or not, but I pooped my pants <laughs> at the White House. I'm like, okay. All right. Well, that's good. Yeah, right. Al, you're a good man. Well, God bless him. Oh, no. uh, my God. Oh, Jesus. Al Sharpton, Trump has a particular venom for blacks Taking note of the president's oh, description God. of Baltimore as rodent It is rodent infested, it's a port Lots of ports are rodent <laughs> That's infested true Jesus
3: Chicago's rodent infested I used to run along the lake at, oh, whoa. Yeah. Oh, in the, oh, in the yeah. evening Oh man, i go past the garbage cans and they'd be moving There'd be so <laughs> many rats in there digging around whoa.
4: It's true Here we go Fifty America's fifty most rat-infested cities.
0: (laughs) Wait, wait, we'll do it the next segment. We'll be right back with the fifty. What is it, Andy?
4: Fifty most rat-infested cities.
0: Finally, and yes,
4: nearly all of them are on water.
0: Uh, Absolutely, of course they are. That's how things work. We'll be right back with the family. Or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK.
6: Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both
2: eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
0: You know, I suppose one of these days we're going to be getting a call from Jeff Zucker over at CNN going, look... You guys find stuff that uh, we need to report on CNN like the 50 most rat infested cities in America.
4: <laughs> this is as of October of last year, but. Oh, okay. All so right. it's a little dated. Uh, yes. But Baltimore is, in fact, in the top 10, which yes. is, you know, no yeah. surprise there.
0: Well, he didn't lie about anything he said about Baltimore. It's a uh, rat infested no. puke hole.
4: And Minneapolis St. Paul is number 11.
0: 11? Yep. We got rats. Baltimore's twenty or ten.
4: Baltimore's nine.
0: Baltimore's nine. And we're we got a lot of rats because of Mississippi River. Yes. But I have a question for you. Is that why St. Louis is so rat-infested, too, because the further down the river you go, I would, I would believe there'd be more rats.
4: St. Louis is actually doing
0: well. They're in 36th. Oh, you know what? They might be shot to death, though. In St. <laughs> Louis, they probably shot the rats to all the deaths, so that's why they're not
4: there. New York, New York is number three. No surprise there.
0: Yeah, not a surprise. Who's number one if New York isn't? Chicago. Oh, that's yeah, too I bad. I told you. Yeah, I, you man. were telling us.
4: And then about. L.A., which also, no surprise.
0: So the top three of the top
3: three. Not a surprise. But L.A. Yeah. Isn't really on a river. Is it it's on, on water, it's water though. Still, no, it isn't. LA's inland. It's inland. Oh, there's 10, no 15 miles. The only LA river, the LA river's nothing. Well, yeah. it's a
4: trickle. They can still swim it.
0: <laughs> they still swim
4: get from the ocean I have a where they breed. For
0: you. Are there any actual tar in the La Brea tar pits? Because I've never seen any.
3: Oh yeah, there's tar in there. When you
0: see it, is it there. Really? bubbles up a little bit, yeah. Oh, Those does it the tar really? Pits? yeah. You can
3: see it in there. I thought
0: the La Brea tar pits. This is going to be great to look down like, and <laughs> <laughs> <I'm gonna laughs> well, think. What's not, the point of this? You what drive what's that? the point yeah. of this?
3: They're not very big. No, no they're, they're not. Anything.
0: They're not. Absolutely not. But it's
3: just it's just the just uh, just south of there is where all the oil rigs are. They pump oil out of the oh yeah uh, really? the hills down there in between LAX and uh, oh what do you call it. Uh, not South Central. Uh, what's, where, where the? Where the, uh, oh, I can't remember the name of that. Compton? Up there. Compton. No, hey, it wasn't Compton. Compton. No, it's not Compton. Damn it. It's the one it's where a- uh, CBS had their <clears throat> studios, Sony Studios were there. Studio City? No, Studio City's up in the valley. Well, okay. I don't know. I can't remember. Who
0: knows? Whatever. Who knows, indeed. I am really surprised. Minneapolis-St. Paul's number 11 in rat infestation, though. Mm-hmm. Because we are at the beginning of the river. The only thing north of it is St. Cloud, and that's yeah. the only city, what you could consider to be a city well, north of there.
4: All it takes is, you know, a rat-infested boat comes in, lets oh, a bunch of I rats guess. out, and they start breeding.
3: Yeah, but they breed, but then they, you have to have they have a food source and things like that. You know, the thing about uh, Burbank, or, Bur- or the equestrian community in Burbank, they had these horse Horse stables and there's yep. always food out. There's always grain. And yeah, they were, they, were yeah. In, they would eat all that sort of yeah. stuff and those nesting materials. Oh, uh, you just
0: you, Ralph just nailed it. Inadvertently, it's all the grain on the river. That's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, we ha-
4: we also have so much farmland. All the all a rat would have to do is find any farm, and there you go. Yeah, it, I infinite food.
0: Now
1: this is the best video I've ever seen of a rat.
0: Taking a bath. I was going to say, once you mm. comb your hair for crazy, <laughs> he's, scrub- he's actually taking a bath.
1: He's scrubbing himself. Where? That's not real.
4: <laughs>
0: That's
1: a real Yeah, bear. rats uh,
4: and mice actually
0: clean off. Uh, uh, that, but thing- he's taking a shower like he's got a shower cap on almost.
1: Yeah. He's they, scrubbing oh, himself. Oh, my God. He's like, no. give it
3: this one. Here, Ralph, you got to see. Hold on. i got to weed through the ad. Well, I mean, hey, if a fly does it, then why not a rat? I guess.
1: He's taking a bath. He's just scrubbing shower. him, scrubbing his butt. Just
4: basically just like a cat.
1: Yep. Scrubbing his armpits. There you go. <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah.
3: Good <laughs> So there's a, there's a tame rat of some sort. Yeah, But definitely. it's still it's, cute. It's, a,
4: it's, a, it's definitely a fancy rat. Rats are cute. Thank you. Oh. Rats no.
3: are I, cute. I don't like rats. Never did Come like them. Come on. Mm.
1: He feels disenfranchised. <laughs> yes, he's disenfranchised.
0: That's <laughs> exactly the problem with it all. He's disenfranchised. Very, very upset. I'm just telling you. That's all there is to it. I don't know what to tell you about all this stuff. Oh, Jesus. This is uh,
2: kids. <laughs> you sounded like Archie Bunker there for a minute. Yeah, Jesus. It was
0: a prank, but that's not how a Columbus City Schools security officer characterized the incident. Responding police in the Ohio City. It could be attempted murder, the November incident, which seventh graders caused a teacher to go into anaphylactic shock by exposing mm. her to bananas. It's just now being reported by way of ABC6, which has been investigating Columbus City School teachers' safety concerns and working conditions. It reports that this it was well known that the art teacher at Starling K-8 through School has an extreme allergy to bananas, Signs outside her room deem it a banana-free zone. Another sign. So, what would that be? The magnesium, or what is it?
3: Oh, that's the latex that's in the bananas. I'm slightly allergic to bananas because
4: I'm slightly allergic to all fruit, and yeah, it's just some protein in it that. Yep. Really, you can be technically be allergic to basically any. Bioactive
3: molecule. Yeah, proteins in particular. But, yeah. so CD- oh, this is nice. <clears throat> these kids
0: need to be kicked right in the nuts. All well, How old are these kids? 12 and 13. They know better than this.
4: Mm-hmm. If they're slow, maybe.
0: So again, morons. Yeah. Three middle schoolers, ages 12 and 13, reportedly smeared banana on the door and doorknob and even threw bananas at her during a lunch period... Within 15 minutes, she was in anaphylactic shock, taken to a hospital. She recovered. The students were sentenced to probation in juvenile court. Probation. They knew she was allergic to it. Oh, but they're, they're too stupid to know she could have died.
4: Honestly, that's probably why they didn't go to jail is because they're just too dumb to know better.
0: Why can't we start to? It's time to call her,
3: don't you think? <laughs> Well, you wonder, <laughs> you wonder. Well, it's, it's gonna happen. Stupid.
0: Well,
1: they probably thought she would just break out in a rash or yeah, something. Exactly. They probably didn't know it was.
3: They probably thought,
4: oh, I've, I have a cat allergy. That's what's going to happen. But yeah. they don't well, understand you... that allergies can but, be severe.
3: Okay, so what level of malice are you going to accept in children? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That, because this was malice. This was this was intentional. This was planned. This was you know, not, book them, murder one, Dano. Mm-hmm. Now, this was planned. It was a planned kind of thing. Let's do this. This will be funny. Haha.
4: Well, the, you, can't, you can't get someone for attempted murder if they didn't think the person was going to die, though. Yeah, I'm, I mean, te- like, I'm, if,
3: I'm just teasing. It, yeah. it was a planned kind of a thing. No, it was no,
4: definitely, right. yeah. There was definitely some sort of malice involved, but they probably thought it would be like some funny cartoon thing happened instead of, you know. They probably
3: never even heard of anaphylaxis before. No, I'm
0: sure they didn't. I tell you what, though. I don't know who wrote this story, oh, but Jesus.
3: I don't know about that because the idea of peanut allergies – among children. That's true. Uh, is, and most schools are peanut-free mm-hmm. because of the risk of anaphylactic shock and death. So, a question. No, I don't know if they, they don't know that, at this age.
0: Where did that come from? Nobody, I grew <laughs> up in the, in the ghetto, and nobody had a peanut allergy.
1: GMOs.
0: You think it's no, GMOs?
1: I, I do. Oh,
0: that's
3: what you want to point
4: no, out. I think, oh! it's, well, I think hi, it's if GMOs, you had a peanut hi. allergy before EpiPens existed, you died young. Really, just, you just died. Yeah, everything. I mean, nobody had a peanut yeah, Like, if you touch peanut dust, and the only way you don't die is an EpiPen, then yeah,
0: that's
3: true. You know, died. but that's it. I, 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 I. Once again, my, I never knew anybody. I never knew anybody in school, college, medical school that had a peanut allergy. I didn't even heard about it. I never even heard ever. Of
0: it. So. Is all this stuff new? Because there are other things that never happened when I was a kid. No way.
3: You know, gluten intolerance. I mean, you have all these. There's a difference between an allergy and an intolerance. Right. And then there's, and there's, it's, it's, just, it's just so self-diagnosed and self-proclaimed yeah. that, you know, I don't know. But I know mm-hmm. that, you know, you feed kids peanuts as soon as you can. but Start feeding them into them rather than holding off. Yeah, I think they say yeah.
1: don't start giving them until the age of two.
3: Nope. Not now. Not now. That's the problem. You don't give it until the two. Then they can develop it. No, they were shoveling it into beef Fox. He got it when he was like three months, six months, whatever it was. Yeah, boom, peanuts. Ashley's eating peanut butter now when she's pregnant. Yeah,
1: peanut, I peanut, eat lots of peanut,
0: peanut butter. butter. I love it. I just had peanut butter this morning.
1: That's oh, delicious.
0: Barney's Crunchy. Phenomenal. Barney's up. Crunchy? Oh, Is that a yeah, natural yeah. one?
3: Yeah. Like you got to stir yeah. it up, the oil on top?
0: No, there's not a lot of oil oh, not on that, top. Not that natural. No, <laughs> no, I don't like that oil on top deal. Yeah. Because it's, it gets on the top but not on the bottom.
1: Yeah. Well, a lot of the natural peanut butters now, I don't know if they're using less oil because a lot of them are saying no stir natural peanut butter. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. So I don't know if the oil
3: comes out of the peanuts. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know if they're
1: doing like a process with the peanuts like to make it less oily for natural.
3: Homogenize it? Well, then it's peanut dust.
1: (laughs) Peanut dust. Mom
0: has that at the house. Peanut dust? She has peanut butter dust. Yeah, why not?
3: Whoa, whoa, Why what? Would you? For, what? for
0: what's, what?
4: What's the point of this? <laughs> because then you can sprinkle it into like food and... Oh, flavor? Yeah. For, for
0: just for flavor, but oh, no It's like calories. if you're making like
4: a Thai dish, then it's oh, easier yeah. to just sprinkle peanut dust on something than mm-hmm. it is to scoop it out. And,
0: That's true. Yeah. And huh. grind it yourself.
4: You can actually get uh, egg dust. Powdered yeah.
0: eggs. You can get powdered egg dust? Mm-hmm. All right, got to read these two lines just for the way they blend together. She recovered, and the students were sentenced to probation in juvenile court. Medical News Today reports banana allergies are rare, but explains the proteins in the fruit are similar to those in latex. Mm -hmm. In other recent allergy news... (laughs) What? We got a bunch of allergy news? Oh, my God, a tragic story out of the U.K. was reported last week in June. A father gave his son a few squares of chocolate, thinking they were dairy-free. They were actually gluten-free, but did contain dairy. The 11-year-old died after consuming what the Manchester Evening News reports was a very small piece. Once again, you're a moron. If your oh, kid's can you not used dairy to, and I gluten, I know. I know. It's like gluten is wheat, isn't
3: it? Yeah, no, yeah, gluten is a weak product. That's the yeah. protein that yeah. comes yeah. out of working. Uh, They're not even remotely but similar. But they, the thing about that is that you, if you have an allerg- allergy, allergic like that, you have an EpiPen around. Yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, you do.
0: You do have to have an EpiPen. So this kid eats a little piece of chocolate because his dad was too stupid to know that there's dairy in chocolate. There are some dairy-free chocolates, but that's basically called rocks.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Dairy-free chocolate 100% dark chocolate is not edible. I would have to agree with you. No question.
1: All right. The guest is here. We got the guest? Oh, excellent.
0: Rudy, Rudy, how are you?
6: Hey, I'm so happy to be with you guys. Well, it's
0: nice to have you. Thank you for having me. I love the fact that you referred to as the Latin hit maker. What do you think of that title?
6: Uh, well, you know, it, uh, it would have never dawned on me when I was sleeping under a console in a mattress about 40 years ago and that anybody would be calling me anything like that because the dreams of doing anything that, you know, huge would, would have been, you know, just a dream. How old
0: were you when you left Cuba?
6: I left Cuba when I was 8. I turned 9 when I arrived here.
0: Oh, when you arrived and you lived in Miami, correct? Or Do you
6: still live in Miami? I still live in Miami, but now I moved up like the Jeffersons, you know. <laughs> to the beautiful uh, uh, okay. Miami Beach. I had, oh, hey, you <laughs> know, I was in the ghetto. I was in I was in I was in Liberty City. I'm a I'm an inner city hood kid, you know. Yep. And, yep. and now I uh, I've been given, you know, all these Keys and by the city. Where, mind you, Tom. One time in my life, I had a court order where I couldn't step foot in Miami Beach, or I would be arrested for really? in a gang. And um, and I've been in the last 30 years. I've been given you know seven keys by seven different mayors, and my hands are imprinted in uh, you know uh, in, in cement in the Jackie Gleason Theater next oh, to Tony Bennett. It. Yep, and that is so surreal to me, and that's why it's so important for me to get on and talk about this kind of stuff because, you know, kids today do stupid stuff like we all did back in the day, mm-hmm. you know, yep. except they have more information now than we did. And, you know, we just basically, you, you make wrong turns, but, hey, if you make the right turn, things could be so much better.
0: You know, uh, Rudy, uh, first of all, do you do you go back to Cuba ever?
6: No, out of respect for my mom and dad who sacrificed everything to get oh, me here. Yeah. my. And my siblings, you know, I never went back. You know, they never saw their parents again or the family. Oh, so, God. Uh, one day, one day, hopefully when that uh, communist regime and, and, you know, those those people leave Cuba, I'll go back.
0: I will tell you, the reason I ask you that is I was just in Cuba in February, and you want to talk about some oh, yeah. wonderful people. Uh, the Cuban people are just so nice. Not- By the way, you can find a good-looking man or woman oh. in Cuba, buddy. I'm telling you, man Cuban people are very handsome and beautiful people they really are <laughs> well they are i mean they just could not yeah. be friendly Look,
6: they're very, very hospitable right they were oh, very, yes. very sweet and
0: humble and i uh yeah
6: rudy you, yeah that, that that was embedded into me by my mom and dad too sure
0: i uh i'm i'm uh quite a bit taller than your average cuban and i also have very broad shoulders so they all they all thought that i was rocky they wanted to come over let me shake your hand rocky (laughs) (laughs) so it was but seriously the people the the you know the infrastructure unfortunately starting to fall apart and you know things like that the the uh the cities themselves we were in uh uh, Sanfuego and we went up to Havana and went to several different places And but I loved Cuba the people could not have been nicer uh, they make about 10 to $20 a month and they're very happy with it and, and yeah, they, they, it's, they, ridiculous. it's just what nice people, hopefully one I of these know. days one of these days maybe Rudy
6: you know I have so much family that I have never met, you know, endless amounts of cousins and their families that you know that I've just never been able to, to meet and and so it's, it's frankly it's, it's a hole in my soul that that hasn't been filled yet yeah you know, just going back and knowing where I grew up and where I was born because I was born in a real small town called Pinata del Rio which is you know on the extreme side of the island and, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like a fancy place so uh, but I, I'm you know I'm anxious to take my five kids I have five kids and Anxious to take them to see,
0: you know, where their where their father comes from. No, you'd love. It. I have to take a very, very quick break. Rudy, be right back. Though you can stay with us. I hope. Thank you so much. Yeah, we'll be right back with Rudy Perez, ladies and gentlemen, the Latin hitmaker, my journey from Cuban refugee to world renowned record producer and songwriter. Right back with Rudy right after this. The family.
2: If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less. And the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify
0: or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. It's Tom telling you that you can lose an average of 26.2 pounds on the 40-day weight loss program powered by Nutrimost. I lost 92.5 pounds in less than five months Thanks to the Sheehy Brothers and the Ultimate Wellness and Weight Loss Program, powered by Nutramost. And I encourage you to let them help you lose weight as they teach you how to stay healthy and keep that weight off. Take it from me, having a coach keeps you accountable and it makes achieving your goals so much easier. Let the Ultimate Wellness and Weight Loss Program, powered by Nutrimost help you. Schedule your immediate consultation or attend the Nutrimost free dinner at 6.30 p.m. on Monday, August 19th at Jake's in Plymouth. Call now, 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Study data comes from clients submitted data to a third party for tracking of daily weight loss and progress as the new to most weight loss programs. See website for full disclaimer details. Kind of a likable song right here. Ladies and gentlemen, the book is called The Latin Hitmaker, My Journey from Cuban Refugee to World-Renowned Record Producer and Songwriter Rudy Perez with us. Rudy, I, I was just looking at, at the background, the, the, the bio that was sent to us, and what a life. Do you um, do you remember how you felt that day when your parents came to you and said, we're leaving Cuba, and you're eight years old? What did that feel like? That, that must have been amazing. Yeah,
6: that was... Uh that was a shocker to me because I didn't know what was going on. You know, I was, right. uh, I was living a, a normal life with my family. We were a very close family. You know, my, my grandparents or my grandfather was a, a minister, you know, a pastor, and he would walk us to school every day and pick us up and walk us back. You know, he was uh, my, my life was very normal and very happy. And, and then all of a sudden this turmoil, this guy takes over the country, he, he, he declares himself a dictator, and now he says he's no longer uh, going to uh, align himself with the U.S. He has the backing of Russia, and he's declaring himself a communist. So right. it was like really uh, a crazy time for my family and me. And uh, And then what happened post Castro taking over, the rationing, the food rationing, the the uh, people he assigned block by block to, you know, watch every move that everybody did in that block and who visited them. And they reported back to the government. So it was, it was very, very stressful. And then my dad ended up in jail, uh, for being an anti-revolutionary oh, anti-communist. God. So when I was five years old, um, you know, this guy, this, uh, this guy put my dad in jail for six years and, um, I remember taking those long trips with my mom and my and my sister. Uh, it was a four-hour bus ride, and and then we would walk about probably like 10, 15 kilometers mm-hmm. by foot in the middle of nowhere in this uh, this place, uh, you know, where where he was uh, in prison. And so every week we would go visit my dad until one day when when he had a, a leave, they had allowed him to come. I think it was my, his mother's birthday or something. They allowed him to come to the house for that day, and just so happens that that day we received our relative's claim to sponsor us to come to the United States through the last freedom flight, uh, which were uh, I think they were up to 1969. And I, we got on one of the very last ones, but my mom almost barely made it because when we were walking towards the plane, the whole family together. Uh, there was all these, you know, we were in between these rows of military men with guns, walking through, and they were calling us very obscene names, you oh, know, uh, right. uh, and telling us we were, you know, traitors, and and so. And by the way, nothing but our clothes on. We were not allowed to take any property of any kind. And uh, and then by right as we we're getting to the to the stairs of the of the plane. The soldier jumps in front of us and says, Everybody, Everyone is allowed to go except my mother. So, us kids, we made this ruckus that that, that, that was so crazy and so loud that finally, uh, and, and I guess, a top, uh, his boss, a military ranking officer uh, higher up, came over and said, Hey, what are you doing? Stop making a scene. Let this woman. And and we, uh, to this day, I got so sick from that plane ride to the United oh. States. <laughs> that uh, yeah. I have a problem getting on planes. You know, it, it marked me forever. And, and then imagine getting to the U.S., this wonderful country that got us, let us in, and, and uh, allowed us to, to work and everything. But I was thrown in to the school system without knowing a word of English. And, and an inner-city school where predominantly was black. Mm-hmm. And uh, so talk about bullying, it was really, really tough. And, you know, I I was able to, by the grace of God, you know, just go through all these adversities. And music, I think, was the one that rescued me. I I think that's the the key in my life, the the God-given, you know, gift that actually rescued me and saved my life many times.
0: You know, it's wonderful, Rudy, you talk about the Rudy Perez's of the world, the Elvis Presley's of the world, and go down the list, the Beatles, as a matter of fact. Very poor kids, some of them. Yeah. You, Elvis, certainly. Why do you think it is that music, music is kind of the key to that whole thing? Music lifts people up and, and it, get, it kind of gives them a path out of all that.
6: Yeah, recently I got a, I got asked a, a question by a reporter uh, and 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 he said to me, hey, man, why why is a song so important? Why is, mm-hmm. why do you think it's so meaning, meaningful to write songs, you know? And I said, well, man, it could save somebody's life. It's happened to me. It's happened to people that, that have come up to me and said, hey, man, I was contemplating, you know, committing suicide, and I heard one of your songs, and, uh, you know, I, I fell on my knees and started crying, and, and, and I begged for forgiveness, and... Here I am today, thanks to that song you wrote. And that's very powerful. I think I think music is very healing. I think music is something that we all love. I think it's a universal language. I recently worked with Klaus uh, Nobel from the Nobel Peace Prize mm-hmm. family and uh-huh. uh, He's doing a a whole new thing called World Peace One and uh, and I asked him, I said, why why music? Why did you choose music to be the flagship of your movement?" And he goes, "Well, Rudy, you know my family invented dynamite, and the reason we do the peace crisis is because we were ashamed of what it became and what, what it did against the human uh, and uh, the humankind. Yeah, but, but this gives us the opportunity to find music because music is, a, is the, the uh, ultimate unifier. We all love yep.
0: No, you're absolutely right. You know, very quickly, I grew up very poor myself. You and I are about the the same age, very, very close in age, Rudy. Um, And I grew up in the inner city in a very poor neighborhood, and I will never forget one of our neighbors. Uh, His house backed up within, I would say, 20 feet of ours, and there was a big tree between the two houses, Mm -hmm. and apparently he didn't like the tree. He didn't care for that tree being there. So he didn't cut it down, Rudy. He got a stick of dynamite and blew it up right in the middle of the city. I will never forget that. As oh, my long, God. As long as I live. like, boom. I was, what was that? What a wonderful person. Oh yeah he was he was not clear thinking I will tell you that I, I just you know to this day Rudy I still uh, I lost my mother about 11 years ago and when I hear one of her favorite songs that music still touches me places in my heart that nothing else touches't is that yep. that's a wonderful thing about music I, I do love it
6: and every and every time you hear that song you're always going to remember your mom and yep. you're always, you know yep. and it's and it's that's the power of music
0: no doubt about a little born to lose by uh by Ray Charles or she loved Glenn Miller too my mother loved the music of Glenn Miller I thought it was one so i hear that stuff now it's like oh my mother
6: yeah it's wonderful
0: wonderful how long your father was in prison you know, whole, that's,
6: oh go ahead sorry that's, yeah oh my yeah my dad was my dad was uh, uh he he served um Is that the question? I'm sorry. Yeah, I just didn't.
0: I I kind of interrupted you there, and I I wanted you to finish before I before I did interrupt you. I I apologize. I did interrupt. No,
6: no, no, no. Actually, you know, my dad, um, you know, was a very educated man. He was a military man. You know, he was more of a of a um, a, I would say a a very. Powerful man, you know he had he had this this love for people and humans, and and you know he would go out one time. You know when I when I became very successful, he comes to me on a Sunday, and he, and he goes, uh, "Hey, um, can you help me buy a pickup truck?" And I said, "Sure, Dad. What do you want?" And he goes, "No, I just want a small pickup truck. I just need it, you know." And I took him to the dealer, and I bought him a brand new. Pickup truck, and Ooh. and I didn't know what he wanted it for. Turns out that he wanted to go and pick up food for like 150 families that would be in his congregation. Mm. And every Sunday he would give and hand out all this food from you know all the different uh, markets, and he would go and fill up his pickup to by himself and unload it and load it up. I mean, he was just kind of a guy. I always say, uh, I do. I have. I've had such a great career, yes, you can attribute some of that to the talent that God, that God gave me, but also to the kindness of my grandfather and my dad. They were very, very unique men. They loved to help out.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Up. Why do you think it is? Do you, do you think it is because you feel the music, but you're so successful? Um, we're talking to Rudy Perez about the Latin hitmaker, my journey from Cuban refugee to world-renowned record producer and songwriter. Is it because you, you don't only hear the music, you actually feel it as well in your heart?
6: Yes, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. my music is, um, you know, I try to, I try to, a long time ago I used to, especially when I when I became successful, I you know, you, you get into this, this, Train that all of a sudden that you got to have a hit song every week because somebody's asking you, Hey, I want that hit you had last week. I want it for me now. And you got these big stars asking you for that. And, you know, I would lie, you know, of course, you get a call from Julio Iglesias or whoever. And, (laughs) Hey, Rudy, I'm coming next Thursday, and this is like Monday, to your house. I hope you have a hit for me. I'll be stopping by at 7 p.m. And I'm like, sure, come on over, man. I got, some, uh, I got some hits right here. There you go. And literally sometimes an hour before he, he would get there, I would just go somewhere and with a guitar and just write the song right before they walked into my house. That's and funny. then they would go, oh, my God, this song. How long did it take you to do this? Uh, it <laughs> sounds like this song is amazing. And I, when I tell them the story, they couldn't believe it. So, uh, so I always kind of worked better with that kind of pressure and that stress i think stress makes you better i think this stress kills you but stress it's definitely something that that's, that's positive i hear people saying oh it's so stressful it's so oh, be be happy that it's stressful it makes it makes you better it makes you more you know want to do things uh, a, a little you know dig a little deeper and do things and so that's what I did most of my life. And, you know, when I turned 60 years old last year, actually I'm, I'm 61 already this year, and, um, and I was looking back at it, my career that began when I was 17 years old,
2: and I realized
6: how many stories and experiences I have that could be inspiring and entertaining and maybe encouraging to some people, you know. Um, I, 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 I think deep down most people love hearing like like the, the stories behind the scenes from creators and, and you know, everything they have to tell. And so I, I talked to my manager, Mike Atkins, and I said, Mike, I want to write a book. You know, I, I want to write a book. I want to tell a lot of the stories that I went through because a lot of people, Tom, perceive celebrities and people like yourself. You know, I bet a lot of people don't know your struggles. They just see, you know, Tom, the guy, you mm-hmm. know, on the radio, on the, on the podcast, or... And, and they don't understand all the things you had to go through that journey that people see so fabulous and so, you know, peachy and beautiful and, oh, his life is perfect. Hey, wait a minute. You don't understand. You know, just to get here has been a struggle. Yeah. And that's the reason I wrote this book, just to, to inspire people.
0: It is amazing. The Latin hitmaker, My Journey, from Cuban refugee to world-renowned record producer and songwriter, Rudy Perez. Rudy, you're a hell of a nice man. I, I like talking to people who actually, you don't only really feel the music, you feel life, and that's why you're so successful. I, I really appreciate your
6: time today. Well, thank you for having me. You don't know what that means to me. And uh, God bless you and yours and the show, and uh, I just look forward to being with you again.
0: It sounds great, Rudy. God bless you too, sir. Thank you. Take care. Rudy Perez, ladies and gentlemen. What a nice man.
3: Oh He is, and boy, has he tasted the bitter root. Oh,
0: God. Mm-hmm. Let's go visit Dad in prison oh, in Cuba. Those are nice prisons, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, man, he just he turned what he loved into a great living, and he's a very, very successful guy. But what a nice man.
3: You come. Well, you're allowed to leave with only the clothes on your back. Yeah, that's right.
1: Well, music probably helped them get through. Oh, yeah. All those tough times and just that trying to deal with it. A lot of well, a lot of great musicians have not had a great life either.
0: Oh God, absolutely. You
1: know, so I think that's kind of their outlet to help deal with what they have to face in life so
0: and I think that's the reason it hit me so hard is because when my mother was struggling the hardest you know to put a couple of bucks together uh-huh. she always listened to music to make her feel better
1: I she used... made... yeah she yeah did. I, I call it my music therapy whenever yeah. I'm having a hard time I pop on my it's, Amazon music and I'm good to go
3: it stimulates the endorphins in your brain and yeah, makes you feel good
1: yeah it does It's
3: wonderful all right go whistle in the wind damn
0: it we'll talk to you tomorrow <laughs> with the family Thank you